Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Welcome back to Hebrew Congregation of Houston. We're on episode 80. Uh, I know I posted 80 last week, but it was actually a rerun of uh, what we should be observing our feast days and our holidays we should be observing. So if you have time, go back and look at that. But technically, this is episode 80. But you know what it reminds me of? is when John the Baptist was born and his father had to rush off. And that's how we knew when Yahshua was born and six months later because of the baby, right? And so yeah. somebody will say, well, she has two episode 80s. That's because my baby was born. My grandbaby was born. And so there's always a mark left in history of when time, when something happened. Because uh, John the Baptist's father had to rush off from his meeting because you never know when a baby coming. So uh, that just reminded me of that, that somebody will notice this 280s there. And if you research it, it was because my grandbaby Zion was born. So anyway, uh, uh, another thing that, that I'm just going to talk a little bit because I'm going on E today. Matter of fact, I just got off the plane, rushed in, took a shower. And uh, we're, we're on a little bit late today, so I apologize, but we, we're here and we made it, right? Praise Yahweh. Uh, mm -hmm. And so um, he had just given me about save and save. And I'm not going to really go into detail about it, but you can say, oh, I saved that person. They were uh, uh, about to go bankrupt or I saved that person. I helped them with a bill. And people talk about how they save different people in situations. But are you saving them? S-A-V-E is saving them about their soul and their spiritual life. And we have to start looking at people as souls. And they always say, uh, don't just give a man a fish, show him how to fish, right? We've heard that term. And so that being said, let's start looking at people like, yeah, you can help somebody, but let's save them. Let's, let's pray for them. Let's, let's talk about the Lord. Let's talk about how are they feeling, where they're at, at in their life? Because, you know, it, people remember how you made them feel a lot of times. And if you go that extra mile and pray for them, you go that extra mile to get to the root of the problem of why they're in that situation, maybe you can help change them. And we know prayer always changes things, right? So that was just something in my spirit today. Don't just save somebody, save that person, witness to them, all right? And so uh, I don't have a whole lot. Like I said, I'm on E today and ain't for Easter. It's, it's literally E. And so I'm going to go ahead and uh, hand it over to our great Rabbi Afshalom. Um, we thank him and his lovely wife, Akota Lisa. They're always here. Uh, they're showing up. And I'm sure he has a, a ram of work for you today. Our parashah, and let me give it to you. So the parashah for last week was Exodus 18 through 20 up to verse 23. So your new parashah, and I'm going to post it, is Exodus 21 through 24. So you're going to read Exodus 21, chapter 21 through 24 up to verse 18. Okay, so our parashah is our reading for the week. And we want to do that. So when Rabbi teaches us, we're all on the same accord. Okay, Rabbi Afshalom, uh, everything is yours. Go ahead and take it over. We look forward to the word of God. Okay, well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. We're here today, and it is Shabbat. We're going to have a parashah study tonight, today. And uh, I'm just going to take my time. If you have questions, this is a discussion. And um, 
if you, you know, as it is, when the spirit moves on you, um, feel free to uh, chime in. So we're going to look at, first of all, before I do that, will be in the Brihada Shah or the New Testament, we'll look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, verse 16. And then we'll go over to the Parashah, but I'm not going to go into so much of Jethro or Yithro, but I'm going to go straight to the, the commandment, the Ten Commandments, which is in chapter 20. Uh, so I'll say a, a quick, um, a brief prayer as we normally do, as is our custom. Uh, and, uh, and then we'll go right into the, this study. Okay. Uh, oh, before I do that, even before I do that, uh, congratulations, Mr. Zion is in the world. <laughs> yes, Zion is here. My, my grandbaby, uh, yeah. Minister Griff, that's what they're doing. They're new parents. Uh, I feel like a new parent too. You see a little bag, that, that's from being a new parent. So <laughs> I yeah. just got off the plane um, and ran in, took a shower, and we're on now. Keep them in prayer because we know uh, new parents, it's, it's, it's a little stressful, especially with the pandemic babies coming yeah. and, a, and a new mother. And so um, the blended family that we have, I call them my, my love-in-laws, were wonderful. And it's good to get with them and learn each other's customs and cultures and come together as love for our baby. Okay. So yeah, the one of the things I want to to make sure that is taken care of for, for little Zion is that you know we get his certificates together, you know, for his Brit Milah. And you know, we have to we want to document those things, right? So that he's in the community. Right, even from birth, he starts off the walk from birth, right? And today's so, the eighth day for his circumcision, too. Right. So you know and, you're supposed to be yeah. circumcised on the eighth right. day. So right. he has been circumcised. Okay. And we, you know, so the prayer goes with and then the next thing is is Pinyon when he's redemption of the firstborn. Okay. So we have to pay five sh shillings, right? You gotta get some shillings, five silver coins. Tell the tell the minister Griffith you gotta get five silver coins. And we'll do it over, we'll do it over, over, over uh, we'll do it like this, right? Mm -hmm. And he just, we just go through the motions of he giving five silver pieces and, and, you know, we say the prayer. That's the redemption of the firstborn. That's in the, uh, in the Torah, okay? And we'll go through the scripture. It's also in the Siddur, all right? And so we'll do that. And we'll make sure we document the date that it's done, right? And, and we keep that. That's in Beta Israel, in the house of Israel. Okay. That's great. So we're yeah. learning. So that'll be okay. wonderful. Yeah. So are we doing that next week? We can do that next. Well, we can do that next week. Okay. You know, we can do it there or we can do it, you know, as long as we do it. I say the earlier, the better, mm -hmm. right? So that we don't forget it. Right. Let's do it. And uh, we'll do it again by video, just like we're doing. And, and uh, we have the witnesses. We're all there. I see Brother Jerry is here. So we got witnesses. Mm -hmm. And you were here and Aliza, and, and then Minister Michael be here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll be covered, right? Okay. That'll be that. wonderful to learn. Uh, yeah. And, and again, he's that generation that's going to get in our congregation. He's going to be, you know, this is it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is it, right? We're doing it the real, the way that it should be done. All right. Amen. All right. So let me say the, this big buttercup. 
uh, and and we'll start the fetish off. Okay. Amen. Amen. That's blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has commanded us to study the Torah. I must make an apology for you. I took some drugs today. <laughs> Okay. Yes. So yeah, he has uh, medical right. things going on with him, but so um, that's yeah. okay. Nobody's perfect, and we're yeah. good. We're so glad you're so, here. Just so you know, yeah, I got them drugs, and they're working. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, as I said, I'm going to share screens with you. We're going to go right into the um, the Pritati Shah of the New Testament. And uh, y'all just bear with me, be patient with me as we do this, because we're going to do the leading of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. All right. So if you're seeing my screen right now, you should be seeing Matthew. Yes, we see Matthew 19. 19. Okay. I'm going to read that. Again, it's important for me to read it because it doesn't come from me, but it comes from the word, right? Now we'll get a little discussion on it, preferably, and then we'll go over to, again, the parashah. This is the Haftor. This is the this is the Brit Hadashah portion of it that I'm hitting right quick, right? And then we're gonna go right over to the Parashah proper. Okay, I'm not gonna do the Haftorah, but the, but these are important, I think, because it's talking about the commandment, right? The commandments, all right. This is important because a lot of people have been told they don't need the commandments because the law is being done away with. All right, so we'll do this. It's important. This is very important uh, for those that believe, those that are true believers and that want to walk the walk. I do not want to be a blind leader. I want to be a leader that gives you insight, clarity, okay, so that you can see and understand what is going on in the scripture and what we should be doing as believers. All right. So let's go ahead. Um, Matthew 19, 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, good master or rabbi or rabono. Okay. Rabbi. When you say good master, ma rabbi means master. And it actually is referring to master teacher or, or teacher, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you, it's a, it's a, a term of endearment. Uh, of, you know, acknowledging that a person has authority in the Torah, okay, to teach, right? So, and, and teachers are held in, in high regard in most nations, except for this one, except in Rome, all right, or in Babylon. This Babylon, not the old Babylon, but this Babylon, okay? It says, and behold, one came to him saying, good master, what good, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life. Um, so he's asking, the question is about what do I do to get saved, right? Now we like to go through Romans 10 and all this kind of stuff, but, but notice what is said in this conversation. It says, and he said unto him, why callest thou me good? Think about that. Now he's talking to 
who we believe, many believe, is the Messiah, right? Many believe in the Messiah. And he says, why do you call me good? He's correct. He's given him a correct statement. He's given it to him so that he can get his focus and his thought correct. He says, and he's not operating in pride. Okay. The master teacher is not acting on his pride. He didn't take it pridefully. He said, there is none good but one. That is God or Elohim. Okay. Um, I would say you'd have Vauhe. Okay. But if you will enter into life, but if you will enter into life, in other words, if you will be saved, he says what that big word, that big statement, keep the commandments. Now that in itself, when people say you don't need the Old Testament or the law, that is an error according to the New Testament's doctrine or teaching. Think about that. This is not Rabbi Haywood saying this, not Rabbi Absalom saying this. This is what it says, and you see it on the screen. First of all, I'm not good. There's only one good. He's acknowledging, whether you know it or not, he's acknowledging that, that God alone, see, is who we should be worshiping and listening and, and, and serving. Not our teachers, not anyone else, not anything that is created, whether it be a Messiah or not. The Messiah is to point you to the Father, not himself. I'm not good. I'm not good. Only the Father. He points us, he directs us to the Father. This is not Rabbi Haywood again. You're looking at it. You're reading it. If you're in your King James Bible, it's going to be maybe not worded exactly the same, but it's going to say the same thing. It's going to have the same implication. Okay? Keep the commandments. And then he says, he says unto him, which? So the question is, which ones? He says, and it says, I'm going to say it just, it says, Jesus said. For those that understand the name Jesus, Jesus said, okay? For us, we say Yeshua said, right? Some say Yahushua, some say Yeshua, but what difference does it make? Play on words, right? It's still the name, still the one. He says, Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor the father and mother, that thou shalt love thy neighbor. You know what? I only have one challenge right here. And that is what happened to, I'm the God that brought you out of Egypt. You, have, you shall have no other God before you. I think that somebody left that out intentionally. Do not carry the name of the Lord thy God in vain or to make false oaths with it. That was not in the statement. And remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Those are not there. And, and um, it's dubious. Oh yeah, okay, that, go ahead. the next one said, thou shalt love thy neighbor. Okay, it yeah, says in yeah. the 19th. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, right? Mm -hmm. So that is dubious to me because when you're teaching, right? You want to make sure that you cover the as many bases as you can. Now, this is a conversation, right, that is going on. But the master teacher himself would have included because he said, no, none good but the father. So you're going to automatically go and say the father. 
no other God before you, all right? So, uh, and so, you know, and then it goes on with the story, but, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to, um, because it goes on about the young man, you know, and he was, goes away how he, how he leaves, all right? Uh, and then, of course, we get the 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 eye of the needle and all this kind of stuff that goes on behind. But but the important the things I wanted to get across is the commandments because people deny the, that you you have to obey the law or the commandments. When you say you, the law is is done away with, you're saying the commandments are done. That's I mean that's that's all it is. Okay, that's that's. I've, I've never I've never heard uh, people saying that get get away from like I mean that Scientology and different things like that, but. As far as Christianity, uh, Catholics, Hebrew Israelites, I never heard of getting rid of those commandments. Uh, I have. I've heard them several times, several times, several times that we don't need it. It, it always say hang those around your neck. Yeah. Yeah. But several of them do uh, say that. I've heard it. Uh, and of course, when they say things like that, it kind of like, you know, you just sound of, you haven't read the scripture, <laughs> you know. You haven't read the scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I, I want you to be aware of, of, of the, those things because that's one of the ways that the Bible was used as a weapon or they weaponized it by doing that, okay? By doing things, by leaving out certain parts of the, it's, it's like a deception, right? Mm -hmm. But again, that's how the Bible is weaponized. And, and we want to correct that, make the corrections where we can, to as many as we can. And I understand that, you know, unfortunately, because of the generational teachings and indoctrinations that we have had, we're in a battle for the mind to return the children of Israel to the scripture and all of mankind who would accept the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to come back um, to the Torah and, and its teachings and get a, found, a firm foundation. And one of the ways is by doing what we're doing. And that is each week go through the parashah, the, the teachings that are in the first five uh, books of the Bible, which we call the Pentateuch, or the Torah. Uh, so having said that, I want to go forward um, to the parish of proper. And I will not go back to Jethro, but I will go to chapter 20, uh, verse 1. But don't think I am shortcutting the teaching because this, the teaching of Jethro and what he gave to Moshe Rabino, blessed memory, was how to set up organization, how to set up the people uh, to become a great nation and setting them up to be able to uh, be warriors, okay? He's teaching Moshe Rabino how he needs to organize these people 
right, to make it easy on himself. And if you follow those principles that are in this parashah concerning Jethro or Yitro, you will find that the United States and the United States government, the United States military operates on these principles. It is one of the reasons why the United States military was so successful against many of their enemies because of the way that it was set up when you have army, you know, and then you have divisions and, you know, brigades and down to the company level, even to the squad level and for the squad level to the team levels. So you have captains of thousands, captains of, of hundreds, captains of fifties, and then captains of tens. So you get a breakdown of how to set up a military uh, organization and you have these small strike teams. I'm, I'm giving you some information here that's so you can see how the military of the United States is so successful. And those that know the Torah are so successful at war because the others side that did not have this type of setting were defeated, right? And we find that the military learned so well, you have to look at these, when Joshua, when they went, when, when, when Joshua and the, and, the, and the sky spies went in and they scouted out the land, that's all a part of organization and warfare. See what the enemy has. It's, it's spies, and you and all these things came out of the Torah, teaching you how to organize warfare, and also how to teach, and 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 keep a community of people with different ideas and ideals working together under one form of government, working together as one people to accomplish what their goals are. I must take an opportunity here to say this is what is we're attempting to do on the continent of Africa today. If you pay attention to the news in Africa, you'll find that there's 54 countries or states on the continent of Africa proper. And each of them have their own governments and all their, their own monies and their own languages. And, and, and then you break them down, they still have different. What they're trying to do now is to come together with one language first so that they can communicate and they want to be able to communicate in any country. And then there are 54 countries, everybody can go in. They know that if they speak Swahili, they can communicate. They want to have one currency and their own banking system. This is what the continent of Africa is trying to do because they understand now after 400 years, they're finally kicking in. And it's happening because the people of the diaspora is going back and saying, this is what you need to do, helping them. And so they're crying out to the diaspora to help them to become one nation, see, with a common mission and a common goal. That's what was taught in this parashah. That is the message in this parashah. That is what is beginning in the, I should say, in the first half of the parashah. This is what it's showing us. And then it shows us you know, it gives us case study on what happened, the, re the results of being organized with leadership. Moses wasn't there by himself. Even from the beginning, he was never alone. He always had Aaron and his sister, or, or Aaron and Joshua and his sister. Oh, they were there. There was leadership. And, Joth and Jethro came and said, you need more. You mm -hmm. need more. Then they had 70 elders that, that had the same spirit of Moshe Rabino. And then they broke it down. And that is still alive today. 
you see. Again, look at this. And this is, again, this is what they're trying to do, trying to achieve on the continent of Africa, because this is the way that you're going to have success. If you, for those that want to have a desire to go into ministry or start your business, you should go in and look, you need to study the Torah, get into the book of Exodus and see what Moshe did and how he built his business, its enterprises. You see how they did it. It will work. These are principles that work. No matter whether you believe God or not, if you operate in the principles, these are principles that govern the universe. And if you obey these principles, you will have good success. He says to Joshua, this book, meditate on this book of the law. But then you will have good success, right? Then you will have good success. You'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. So this Torah is not to be discarded because you call it the law. This is your life. This will give substance and purpose to your life and the lives of your children. Uh, you know, so, so just consider that. Now let's go forward and just get into the, the uh, second portion of the parashah proper, meaning the 10, the 10 precepts or the 10 commandments. There are some things I really want to get deep into uh, and they're in uh, what I call Sefer HaChinuk. Sefer HaChinuk is a book of the, the mitzvah or the, the works that we're supposed to do. It's called Sefer HaChinuk. And, it, and it, what happens in each one of the parashal, if you start from the book of Genesis or Bereshit and you go up, it's broken down into different commandments, we call precepts, that we are to live by in our community. Again, this is what makes us successful as a people. It teaches us the oneness of the community, right? And the importance of good leaderships and stewardship. Okay, so Sefer HaChinu goes into detail about the 613 commandments. And for those of you that don't know and have not heard, the 613 commandments are in fact the Torah proper. All right, leave out all of the case studies, all the thing about the spies and all those other things out. Leave about the judges and all judges and kings and first and second Samuel. Leave out all that stuff. And what you have is the meat of it is they're all governed by these 613 commands. 248 of them are positive commands that you're told to do, but 365 of them or what you should not do or shall not do or not do. They're called negative commands. This is the Torah, all right? People can, can argue about, and they do, whether the Israelites came out of, uh, out of Egypt and how the, 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 part, the sea was parted. They can argue about that. But when you get into the 613 commandments, it's there. They are there. The commandments are there. The commands, positive and negative, are there. So, you know, it's there. And actually, people like to say, there are some people that like to say that what the Israelites got, they got from Egypt or Mitzrayim. They did get some things from Mitzrayim. But as you can see, it was Yitro 
the Midianite who came to Moshe Rabbeinu and gave him instructions of how to develop or to build his organization. That was not in Egypt. They got that from someone else, right? So understand that. People want to put everything back in, and that's not true. There are things that they did get, and there are things that Egypt is responsible for, and the tremendous thing that the, that the world stands on their shoulders for the technology and, and medicines and things of that nature. But in this instance, in this purpose, in this idea, this is something else. But if you want to argue, if people want to argue about the Torah, tell them the Torah is 613 commandments. That's all you need to do. You don't have to get into arguments about the Red Sea. You don't have to get into any of that stuff. Just look at the commandments and see whether they are good. Now, I would say that some of them are antiquated. They're, they're, they're not useful for us today. Many of them because we're not in the land. Many of them because we're not, we don't have a temple. But these 10 commandments, that with these, to these 10 precepts that we are looking at today, right now, not 613 of them, but we're looking at 10 of them. And we could break, you know, and, and out of these 10, this is kind of like the cover letter, as I've said before, these are the cover letter for the rest of the 613 commands. And the reason we have so many commands is because if you have children, if you've raised children, you understand that they will walk to the line. You see, I told you to go get my shoes, but you didn't say which shoes. I told you to pick up the room. You didn't say which room, so I got the little one. I told you to go to the store, but you didn't say which store. So you have to say, I mean, go to this store on this street. And I want you to get up by this time. That's what the 613 commands do. They, they go, into, to, to go into detail of this first command. Look at this. Exodus chapter 20, verse one. I'm gonna keep it as simple as I possibly can. I've got this Sefer Hachinuk right here in my hand. I got it right here in my hand. This book right here, that's my Sefer Hachinuk. And, uh, you know, but I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna keep out of it as much as I can, but I, I will get into it some. Uh, but I wanna keep it simple because we're, we're reaching out to people all over the world, right? And we want it to keep as simple as possible, but interesting and to spark your interest in studying the Torah, mm -hmm. forgetting all the mess that's out there in the world. You know, I'm going to heaven and you are not. Forget all that. Let's get into these commandments and see if we can live by these, 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 these if you can live by these 10 in any community, we won't see some of the things we see happen. Let's look at this. It says, Exodus chapter 20, verse one. Take a minute. And God said, and you notice I'm not even doing it in Hebrew, I'm doing it in English, because this is our primary language, right? I'm not trying to impress you. Rabbi, by my... uh, mute, mute that other person. I'm sorry. Go ahead and mute them. There's some background coming. Okay. Uh, one is... open mic over there, if you can mute it. I don't see... Okay. That Samsung one. Hold on, give me just a second. Let me uh find them. That's not everybody. Yeah, that one I right see. there. Okay, mute that one. Okay. I got one. There it is. No, that's muted. Okay, go ahead. They all seem to be muted. Okay. Okay, sorry about that. All right. 
So let's go back. Exodus, okay? Shemot 1, 20 and 1. He says, and God spoke all these words saying, now the, 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 the speaker, okay, is our father, Avino, Shabbat Shabbat our father in heaven. I am the Lord, your God. Okay. Again, understand this too, that this, the word Lord is not there, right? They changed that, right? The translators changed that. That's not what it said, but we're going to go with that. All right. Understand that's, that's not it. Okay. You can say Hashem, the word or the name. You can say Hashem means the name. And a lot of us like to say Hashem. But it's okay if you say Lord. It's okay. All right. I am the Lord, your God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He's telling you who he is and how you got, how you were delivered out of your bondage. Right now we're dealing with Egypt or the world system. All right. He says, you should have no other God before me. And this is where Yeshua is kind of kind of ignorant, you know, there's none God but the none good but the Father, right? You should have no other God before me. You put and gods, and you notice it's a small G, but it's powers. You should have no other power before you, before me. All right. So when we get into the deeper teachings of that, which we've done a little bit of it in the past, and we talk about the sovereignty of God and, and how he doesn't change. There's a whole teaching on that, right? That we have. We get deep into it. Why, why do you think, Rabbi, that's lowercase? And if anybody have any questions, I've, I've muted everyone. Unmute yourself and feel free to ask questions. We invite you to, to ask questions. Why, do you, why is that a little uh, lowercase g, Rabbi? Because they really aren't gods, right? Oh, okay. they, really, they really aren't. There's only one God. Right. Oh, that only makes one, sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they don't. They don't exist. So that's that's why it's there. Okay. Uh, but again, it is used also to call us gods, little gods, right? Powers. But you have to think of it as powers. We have power. We have authority, and we say he's our father, so that makes us what? His children, which mm -hmm. gives us authority, right? So there is no other authority but him. No other power. Everything comes from the father. I'm like. Let me help me keep it simple. Help me keep it simple. Y'all keep me on. Y'all gonna have to, you know, be my rudders. <laughs> keep, mm -hmm. me, keep me simple. All right. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that in the earth beneath or that is in the waters underneath the earth. Question. It says, no, make no image, no image. Of any likeness of anything, but in the Sefer Hakinu, it says it like an image of a man or anything. And why did they say the image of a man in the Sefer Hakinu? Do you think? Remember the Sefer Hakinu. Uh, this, this, the one, the the author of the the redactor of the Sefer Hakinu. You're talking about the 17th century in in that area, in that age, when the Roman Catholic Church was in power. Really running well, the world. Well, 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 I would think that it would be because uh, they deified people. Even in uh, Egypt, uh, the Pharaoh was deified. Uh, his servants were deified. 
Uh, and uh, you'll see people today that um, it's not to be worshiped. I mean, there are uh, images, there are um, little baby figurines that people have on their desk or on the walls or whatever of animals and all those types of things. But the question is, are they deifying it? Yeah. Are they worshiping it? Are they praying to it? So it has to go further than just don't make this. Right. That, I mean, I can't, what else can I say? <laughs> what else can I say? That's it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's it. So have you seen anyone that worships an image today? That's the question you have to ask. Do I know anyone that worships an image no. or creates an image to do it? So you have to think that question. I'm not going to ask well, you. Answer. Okay. I, think, I think that um, in part, it may not be that people realize it, but when you have something in your house supposedly to ward off evil or when you say, I'm going to do this so that we have a, a blessed new year, I think that's a similar thing. It's, it's, it's in the same family of things. If you have some ornate thing and, you know, this this will make my house clean or pure or holy. I think those things are synonymous. We, it may not be the way they did it back then, but I think it's, you know, they, they bow down and all that and they pray to those things. But to me, it's the same thing. Yeah. But what about yeah. people that fix certain meals? On, on the beginning of the calendar new year. Well, we're gonna fix this and have this so that we will have whatever. I mean, it's, it's a mindset. Be, would that be a custom? It can would be. A custom. It's a custom, if they, especially if they're a tradition, if they're doing it uh, over and over. Mm. I, I, and I the thing so. is, I, do I, they I believe it? I think there's a difference though between some tradition in praising an image and bowing down to an image. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that there, there's a big difference with that. Like some tradition and custom, but when God said, nobody but me, bow only to me, worship on, only me. I'm the Lord of Lord, I'm the King of King, I'm the God of God. Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you guys are discussing that because that was something that keeps coming back and has been laid upon my heart. Like I like, you know, jewelry and stuff that will have flower shapes or something like that. And I would wonder like when he says graven image, I'm like, is that part of that? You know, because you have to be careful in, you know, where we live in this day and time, what people might have intended for things. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm always questioning, like when I'm picking up this thing that I like, that it might not be misunderstood for something else. So I actually put on a flowered earring today and I was like, I hope this is not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in that category of things. Right. But yeah, whenever I'm shopping, I'm always asking that question. Right. So yeah. even though that could be what their intent was, the question is, where is your heart? Then that's what this book is all about. The intent of your heart. How do you understand? How do you perceive? How do you uh, maybe carry out what is in your heart? Yeah, and I believe that's what the Ruach kind of gave thinking, me today, but I think that's a confirmation mm -hmm. what, what you guys are saying. So yeah, yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. I, I, was, I was thinking that if you put anything before him, like uh, I'm gonna wash my car instead of going going to, to a ministry somewhere, or uh, you just love something so so you put anything before God. And I 
Um, I think that is wrong. You're not bowing down to a car, but you love your car more than you love to go to ministry. You stay home and watch a football game instead of going to to the church. You know, so I I just believe anything you put before God is a sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've had that. I've had where, you know, y'all would say, you know, this thing, you can't have it. It's not a sin for other people to have it, but you can't have it because you're starting to make it more than what it should be, you know. So I would have to lay that thing down. So yeah. I, yeah, that, I agree. I get that. That's important. <laughs> what you said there yeah. was very important because when you belong to him, right, it's different for you. What the world can do, you can't do. And right. he tells you. He, he tells, he speaks to us. He tells you that, that if you're convicted in your heart, then more than likely you better listen to that, right? But make sure that it's lining up with the word because the word is, is, is not meant to be a burden to us, but it's to set us free. Right. And so the Ruach, the Holy Spirit is, is, is our paraclete, as we say, ministers to us always in agreement with the, what the word says. Always in agreement, right? I would think clothes and jewelry is, is is all right, but if you wear them to go to the ministry and folks looking at you more than they're paying attention to what the man or woman of God is saying, then there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Now that's right. another issue because yeah, that's another really, issue. Really yeah. How do you yeah. know who's looking at you? How do yeah. you know? If, yeah. I mean, yeah. how, really, do, how can yeah. you judge if they're paying more attention to you than to what's the main focus? Now, believe it or not, what we're doing now is called we get into the, the tall mood of the issue right. of how we start digging deep into the scripture and getting meaning out of it. That's tall mood. You know, because okay. they have told me, they have yeah. told me before yeah. that your skirt needs to be below your knees. You mm-hmm. do not need to wear earrings and jewelry. And to mm-hmm. me, that's wrong. That's judgmental. Um, the Holy spirit will convict you. Once you start getting into that word and learning, cause people are babies when they come in and we don't want to run them away. And once they start learning and studying that the Holy Spirit convict them to do whatever they need to do. And then when I, when I think about worshiping things, like I have that hand with the eye on it, it's, it's, and I got it from Israel when I went, it's protection and I have it over every door. But if it fell and broke, I wouldn't think that, oh, my house is not protected because my hand fell and broke that's over my door. No, Yahweh Yahshua keeps my home protected. I'm not worshiping yeah, but- that. That's just something the, I hung up. That's it, you know. But if, if the only issue is if you think it was going to provide any protection. See, that to me, no. It, it's a symbol of the, the hand of God and the protection. But if it failed it or it got damaged, I wouldn't <laughs> feel like my house isn't protected. It's like, like, like the rabbi just said, where is your heart? Where is your mind at? So, okay, so we have to, if it's yeah. put up as protection, then it is a, a, it's, a I don't, it's an idol. I didn't put it up as protection. It's just a simple, a symbol that they say is protection, and I like it, and it's the hand with the eye in it, but I know that Yahshua and Yahweh protects my house. Okay, so it's a hand with the eye in it? Mm-hmm. Research it. Uh, so, <laughs> but remember this. Remember this also. When you go into our homes, most of us have, if you've been if if you've been in the way for a while, in the, in the, in the community, you'll have a menorah. What do you call that thing? Right. Manuza, a mezuzah, a mezuzah. Yeah. On the door. 
Right. And the purpose of the mazur, what is inside the mazur is a parchment, which is what? It says on it, Shema Yisrael, right? Adonai Elohim, Adonai That's what's in there, right? So what it does is reminds us and other people that this house is under the what? Covenant, mm -hmm. right? It's not that it does any special powers, mm -hmm. but it's just a reminder and it reminds us and other people that this house is under the yoke of Torah. See, so that's what we, when we put a, tal a talisman, um, if it's, if I put something from Egypt with an Egyptian guy with the head of raw on it, hence the eye, be careful about the eye, mm -hmm. eye of raw. That's what I said. That's why I said research it because there's an eye of raw from Egypt. Okay. So we have to be careful, right? That it does not steer someone away from the Torah or make them believe that we are worshiping someone or another entity besides our father. We, we have, a, again, for us, we have a responsibility not to do anything that would steer someone away from the Torah. If you don't know, then you will know after a while because you're going to be taught. Such as, as you said previously, as was said, stated previously, when we go into the first time we go into the congregation or to into the church, used to be in the holiness church, they, they would get on the women. The mothers of the church would get on the women about the, the length of their skirts and showing flesh. And they, they meant well. And actually, they're right about that. Because when you look at the scripture, it says modesty. But then in the Talmud, when you get the, the, the different arguments, it says, well, what is modesty in your day and time? You see, but again, there is a line that we have to tell that modesty is not to be showing your, your form that will cause a man or another woman to be drawn to you. Again, I should, you know, you know, that, but that's the society we live in, right? Uh, modest wearing. So we have to, and that's another reason why I'm in, in Jethro set up, told Moses to set up your, your courts. So that we can have these smaller groups and discuss these kinds of things and come up with an understanding, right? And the most important thing is that your heart, if you're convicted in your heart, then you need to make the change. Uh -huh. If you're not convicted right. and someone with more knowledge comes and says, you need to check that to make sure of that without being harsh, overly harsh, then you go and research it. And then after researching it, if your heart is not convicted to change, then you're fine, right? Then you're fine. But consider, again, whenever we're doing these things, we have to, what, consider ourselves. Because me being, you know, being trained Orthodox, sisters and brothers, I'd be so, I could be so rock hard that, it, you know, you would, you would, it would take the joy out of uh, worshiping, take the joy out of but Sabbath. You, but you, Rabbi, you, know. you were taught at the beginning and a lot of a lot of people here in this Egypt weren't taught and that's why we have to be careful with that and if somebody come in maybe they don't have enough money maybe they're a prostitute the right. synagogue and the churches are for the sick not yeah. for the ones who already right. know yeah. that's a hospital for them yeah. and then once they start coming in and they start looking around and the holy spirit start start convicting them then they they will line up like everybody yeah. else yeah but we, we got to look at that. We're in this Egypt and it's going to take people some time. Yeah. And that's why we have to be patient, right? And we consider ourselves because we all, because we all came from somewhere. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And we all over time have evolved to where we are now. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just thinking, uh, I told Lisa, I, was, I said, you know, it's, it's been well over 20 years and we've been doing this walk. Oh, and just, I'm not, I'm just talking about in the, the Torah walk over 20 years now. And it, it's gone so fast. So, and we have, you know, I know folk in my family think I'm religious, but that's the evolution from being a wild man like I was to being where I am now, right? It's a total evolution that has taken place. And, and, you know, it's a blessing to know that I've evolved to the point to where I am now. Amen. You know, because if I was still where I was then, oh my goodness, y'all be saying, what kind of man is this? You know, uh, you know give him a jug of wine and let him get to preaching, you know? <laughs> but, but thank, you know, we're thankful for God is, you know, that's the grace and the mercy of our father, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. let me go to the next because we'll be on the again. That's what that's what Torah study is about, right? You get into it and you could be going, we'll go all night on this thing. And we haven't even got look, we at verse four. <laughs> okay. So it says, thou shall um, okay, verse five. Let me go to verse five. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them. That's what we just discussed, didn't we? Not bowing down to it. In other words, not giving it any power, right? So you don't bow down to that thing and you don't serve it. It explains it for you. Uh, I think the sister said she was looking at some jewelry and she was wondering. It's kind of explained that the jewelry, if you're doing it to, to look good, aesthetics, that's fine, right? Uh, that's fine. As long as it doesn't have like the devil's head on it, you know, things that are contrary to our belief system or contrary to, not, I shouldn't even say our belief system. I should say what is contrary to the Torah. You see, because, you know, I can say I study Torah, but my belief system may be totally off. It's kind of like, I believe that the Yeshua or Jesus is Lord, but I'm raping your wife. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? My belief system, it doesn't line up with the word that's in the, in the Bible. You see, so we have to make sure that our, what we're doing lines up with the word and not our so-called belief systems, because they're messed up. You know, our belief systems are messed up. I mean, we study the Torah and we study the Bible, but we don't actually necessarily follow it. People have taken Kool-Aid, that they call the Kool-Aid. That's why they get that Kool-Aid and other poison Kool-Aid, you know, back down there in Johannesburg. What, what was that? Johannesburg, where it was? Ghana, Ghana, Guyana, down there yeah, when they killed. Right, drank the Kool-Aid when that's they what, committed yeah. suicide. Is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah, that's where mm -hmm. they got that from. Drinking the Kool-Aid, because they put it in the Kool-Aid, right? So we have to be aware that what we want to do is line up with the Torah, right? Line up with the scripture, all right? Because people can twist the scripture, you know? Like I said, it doesn't tell you to not buy down, to, you know, that, that, you know, not to buy down in that, well, they left it out. I'll put it that way. They left it out earlier when I was reading it. They left it out, but they should not have left it out. Should have put it in there, you know. They should have and put then it in that's there. when you get into judges, where you know it talks about everybody became a law unto themselves. Yeah, because they had okay. this is the way I think about it. This is the way it should be. This is the way it should not be. Yeah. So again, yeah, and the and the main the main point is what make sure it lines up with the Torah, and and just keep if you if you're not quite lining up with the Torah, just keep studying it, keep working it, and you will eventually you'll be doing it. People were saying, man, you sure have changed. 
because the Torah will change you, you know, a, a mix with that anointing now, right? You got you to keep that in there too, all right? <laughs> you can't go without that. Two of them got to tie together, all right? Now it says, um, I'm going to go to verse six. Uh, uh, wait a minute. I got to go back up to five. I got to go back to five. Uh, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. That's there for us. All right. That is there for us. All right. Visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Um, and that's because of the decisions that they're making contrary to the Torah. Not that he hates them. Not that he is jealous. That really is jealous as an emotion. Okay. That's for us. We understand jealousy. Right. If, you know, I'm jealous. I can be jealous of my wife talking to a man too much. I get jealous. Why? Because I have affection and I have, I'm investing in her, right? I'm investing my life and everything I have. So you don't, I don't like that. Right. I don't like that. All right. That's so you understand what jealousy is, right? Okay. It says, and showing mercy, to thousands of them that love me and keep my keep my commandments. I cannot tell you that you don't need to follow and obey the commands. Again, we study the commands, and if you do, if you can abide by the the, the ten precepts, the ten commandments, as we call them, you can. And 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 if you, as he says, love thy neighbor as thyself. If you can do that. You don't need to go into the rest of the 613, but you know, you need to know some, some teachings on how to do the Pesach and how to do the, the days because those are commandments in there, positive and negative commands that are tied into to, to how to do certain things. That's where the rest of them come in, how to apply the precepts. That's where you start getting into the other. But again, in order to get to the other precepts, you have to understand that you need to, to try to with whatever is within you to obey the commandments and desire to know what they are, right? Because if you don't know what they are, you can't obey them, you know? You can't solve the, the puzzle. If, if you don't know the commandments and you don't live by the commandments, you will never destroy what they call Stockholm Syndrome. One of the First things you have to do in order to destroy the Stockholm Syndrome is obey the commandments. If you line up with the commandments, you will destroy the yoke of what we call it, Stockholm Syndrome, or conditioning. The conditioning that we've been under for these 200 years, 400 years. The only way, the first step, acknowledging is, is following these commandments, acknowledging that it is our Father who delivers us out of the world system. We have to get these principles, the principles of, of these commandments, and we have to acknowledge them and strive with everything that is in us to live by them because they're given to us by our Father. He says, the Lord said to Moses. So it says, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. So what do y'all think about that? Take the name of the Lord in vain. What does that mean? You know, with, with you know, that's a commandment. 
Jerry, you should answer that one. Yeah, I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting every, on it. Every once in a while, I say, I swear to God. And he was like, that's taking the Lord name in vain. But you know, we kind of grew up like that. Jerry, he at work, so. Oh. Is it? Oh, yeah. He'll get back with it. <laughs> I think that it, uh, it's clowning, you know, it, like what the way we talk. Clowning, playing, um, using it uh, playfully. What we call playfully. Uh, speaking those things that are not in conjunction with um, God's character, God's purpose. Ah, okay. All right. Okay. Hey, you know, we often make those statements, oh, God, my God, good God. You know, we something happened and we throw God's name out there as a result of what, what happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I guess I should put that in the form of a question. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. You, you know, you make a false oath. See, in some translation, it says a false oath. Say you're going mm -hmm. to do something, you know, but this is only for believers now. This is not for unbelievers. All right. If you've taken the yoke of Torah, if you believe, right, if you believe in Mashiach, if you believe in the, in the Torah, if you believe in the Bible as a whole, all 81 books, notice I didn't say 66. If you believe in it, you know, if you believe in the books, if you believe in studying the books, to you, if you make an oath, say you're going to do something, and you intentionally don't do it or keep your word, you have carried the name of the Lord in vain. If you make a promise, and there's a whole study on this on, on oath in the in the in the in the Mishnah. So when you say you're going to say, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, that's what it means. See, and in your not only what you say, but what you do. If you say I'm going to do it, if you're going to do it, then you do it. All right. Um, so, but you can also, after you've done it and you decide, oh, I made a mistake, then you can repent of it, right? It's, or if you do something and unintentionally make an oath, unintentionally you can get out of it. Or if you make an oath to a person and they change after you've made it and it is not, does not line up with what was in the beginning, then again, you can change it or you can nullify. We call it nullifying that oath. Okay. Which also, again, um, it talks about that in the Proverbs, you know. Well, uh, not necessarily talking about doing that, but it says that um, a liar and a thief are the main two things that Hashem hates. Yeah. So you don't want to fall into that. Yeah. Saying, I'm going to do this. And then, okay, that may happen once, but if it's repetitive, look out. Okay, and, now, Rabbi, does that come from the same idea of us being his people called by his name? So we're representative of him. That's and right. And so it's from that reason that it's taking his name in vain. Okay. That's, that's right. You are in contract agreement. You right. are in covenant with him. Yes. So you represent him in the earth realm. Okay. I'm connecting some dots here. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. This this walk that we're in, is, it, it has consequences. Okay. If you want to really get an understanding of it, understand that we are here in this land because somebody that was a believer, that was in the contract agreement, that was in covenant, broke the agreement. And it says here, you know, bringing what? Those that, that hate him 
right? Those that, in other words, break his commandments, there's a consequence for what we do. That's why we're here. That's why we're striving to get back home. It's so bad now, this judgment is so bad now because we, you know, broke the word that a lot of us don't even know, a lot of us don't even want to leave this place. I, you know, I, I can't be angry with people for not wanting to leave because this is all, you know, we know. But I can guarantee you this, if the word is true, and I believe that it is, there's going to come a time for even those that don't want to leave, they're going to change their minds and they're going to desire to leave. And guess what's going to happen when they have that desire? They will leave. The father will provide an avenue for them to leave. So it doesn't matter whether you do it yesterday, today, or tomorrow. If you believe, and if you're in the, in the contract agreement, he is going to fulfill his word, even through you or through your ancestors, because we belong to him. Everything that you've gone through, everything that we have done, everything that we're going to do is based on his desire for us to be with him in the kingdom. And that's why we have these commands. That's why he tells us, you know, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. And don't, you know, GD. You know, we hear them comedians use that GD all the time. You know, for us, I mean, you, you know, we can't get away with that. You know, we, we can't get away with that. There's immediate, not, you know, 10 years, but immediate consequences for us when we do these things, contrary to the commandment. Be aware of that. It's, it's a, this, this, co this covenant that we're in, as we are learning to walk this covenant, the responsibility that we, we, we acquire in this walk is tremendous, but the rewards are even greater than we can ever imagine. If we could just believe and walk in it, you know, walk in it. Now let's go to the next one. All right, for time's sake, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath day of thy Lord. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is in that within thy gates. You know what? Let me tell you something here. This is, this is something that bugs me to the core. Not to call any names, but I have some brethren that are in the way, that are Jews, that have businesses, that operate on the Sabbath day. And what they would do is sign, the, sign it over to a non-believer to run the business in their stead. And they don't take any profits for that day, but it's the Sabbath day. Now that's, you know, that, that comes in that, that category of 613 commands, you know, how they want to skate around and make rules around so they can get around not keeping the, the law, the, the commandment. Listen, if I have a business, 
now I'm I'm in Babylon. I'm in the United States. I'm in you know I'm out. I'm not in I'm not in in Israel. So there is some some we have some play because we're outside the land. But here's here's the key. Here's the key to it. We have to understand that if a person is our under our employ and they want to work on the Sabbath day, that's their choice. But you have to give them the opportunity not to work that day. Okay, you have to. And if you don't, then you're breaking and you're causing them to break the Sabbath. That is your responsibility. Okay, that is your responsibility to stop that. Okay. So even in Pesach, you know, giving your food to someone else, even though they're Gentile, we're not supposed to do that. You're, skate, you're skirting around, skating around the commandment. So if I have a business or I'm in charge of people on that day, because I'm, again, I'm not in the land of Israel. This is where I have some leniency to say, you can work it on the Sabbath day because I'm not in the land, but you don't have to. You are free to do, follow your custom. You're my employee. I'm shutting down, right? If it's my business, I'm shutting it down, all right? Um, I'm supposed to. But again, you know, consider it. Uh, be lenient, be thoughtful. Uh, there is, again, there is leniency because we're in the diaspora and I don't want to cause any troubles for people because again, we're in the diaspora and I, believe me, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I worked a lot of Sabbath days, a lot of them when I was working in corporate America because it was required for us to work and depending on where you are, you may have to work. Don't be, beat yourself up on it. And you may be a supervisor or a manager over a department for a secular job. Don't beat yourself over it because you're under there. You are also an agent of the company, but you are under their employee. And again, we're not in Israel. So you have to follow the rules of where you work or get your own professional business where you can um, you know, dictate when you will or won't work. Some people choose to, to work their business on the Sabbath. I won't beat you up about it. That's something that has to be convicted upon you through the Torah. As we read it here, the seventh day of the Lord, thy God, in it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, maidservant, nor the servant, nor the cat. We're not to compel people when it is in our, again, the key is, do not compel people to work on the Sabbath day if they don't, you know, I don't care for profit or not. Do not compel. We should not compel. I'll put it that way. We should not, because I don't want to put a guilt trip on you, but I want you to see the, see what it says in the Torah, right? Itself. I have not, a question it, about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what about when you go out to a restaurant on a Saturday? Um, are you going to work? No, but I'm are saying you, your actions are causing other people. Are you really? Was the restaurant going to be open when you got there? Of course. Okay. Were they going but to you know cooking? what I mean. Yeah, well, they, if they were going to be yeah. cooking, that's a secular, you know that that's a secular restaurant, right? Okay. So, right. 
So they choose to work that they or they're working. If you again want to go to dinner on the Sabbath day, that's your choice. Right? If you're convicted in it, don't do it. I have been to lunch after service on the Sabbath day. I didn't feel good about it. Right? I didn't feel good about it. Right. Right. But I have. Okay, I, I don't lie about that. I don't lie about certain things like because you have to right. understand, right? That uh and again, you know, the Sabbath day is a day for pleasure, right? Um, and if you again you're supposed to break away to get some refreshing in and to to consider the blessings of the creation that the Father has done for us on our behalf. So if you want to have a meal and you're not convicted, then you're fine. But if it's conviction in your heart that you shouldn't be doing because you're causing some, then you know reconsider it. All right, just reconsider it. Um, I have a question. Yeah. I think we've talked about this before, but it says on the seventh day, um, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, thy God, and thou should do no work, thou, thy son, thy daughter, thy manservant, and thy maidservant, thy cattle, and thy stranger that are within your gates. Why doesn't he mention thy wife? He mentioned everybody else. You know what? You know what? I'm asking. I think you know why. For this are, cause, are, they, are they considered okay. as one? Let me put it like this. Yes. Are they considered as one? Yeah. Yeah. They're supposed to be considered one. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and there should become what? One flesh. Generally, if the man that's going to want to break something, I know for my one, the wife is going to say, oh, I don't you don't think we should be doing that. But you is it's us men that that's breaking, you know. Okay. We put on our baseball caps and hide in our cars and go to McDonald's, get us a cheeseburger when we're not supposed to, right? We do that kind of crazy stuff. But yeah, it's the wife is in there. She and the man, she's there, right? Okay, she's there. Um, you know, in those days, again, but remember the mindset also of those days, they didn't mention the, the wife oftentimes, right? But you have maidservant. Maid you have actually, daughter. actually, there's a teaching in San in uh, Sanhedrin where, for in a case of of a court going to court, and they needed witnesses. In those days, a woman could not be a witness. Think about that. You think about that. Male and female, he created them, right? That means equal, co co equal. But men decided that a woman could not. Notice this. The word of God didn't say that. Men said it. So, you know, we clarify that. Woman. But, but you have men deciding a lot of things for women. And I understand the mindset as well. Yeah. But um, it's, it's, it's the way it's decided. Uh, and, of course, you got those that are superior over. Yeah. But we're not that way. We're not that way. That was then. Again, that's why we have to study the script and see the things that are applicable in our communities. That's why we, that's what, when, that's what, what, again, that goes back to the beginning, right? 
with Rabbi, Jethro can you, saying. Can you bring the screen up, please? Did I lose it? No, just bring it up with everybody so we can see everybody during the conversation. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I'm sorry, I was uh. No, that's okay. Because we get oh, to the okay. end. You know how when we get to the end, I'll, I'll ask you to bring. But go ahead and finish. She said, uh, "Why is?" Did I stop sharing? Okay, 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 yeah. okay. Yeah. So is is the uh, woman is covered underneath the man? Well, they're co-equal. Mm -hmm. She's not under him. She's a co-equal. The woman is supposed to stand beside her man, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the only reason a woman is behind a man is for protective <clears throat> purposes. Some places they walk behind, some in front for pr protective purposes because of strength, right? Masculine strength to protect the home. But um, as far as intellectually making decisions, the, the final decision comes on the man because again, the man was first, but we're supposed to work together as co-equals in our homes and in, you know, in everything that we endeavor to do. So in those days, again, men messed it up. You know, we, we messed it up because you find right, out right. that Deborah, yeah. You know, in the court system today, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, uh, <clears throat> no one can make their spouse uh, testify uh, against them unless the spouse volunteered to do so because they're one. They're one. That's right. He, uh -huh. he, yeah, they testified against themselves. Right. So, and um, some, and, and then that shows the maturity of the changes. And then again, that also brings back back to the beginning what we call our court systems within our communities, the captains of tens, right? The small groups of, of people that come together and in our community, in our various communities, we come together and we decide at, following the Torah, how we're going to apply, okay? The commandments or the mishpats, the, 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 the duties that we carry on based upon where we live, at the time frame of where we live, you see, and the circumstances of where we live, because depending on where you live, whether you be an Ashkenazim or a Sephardim or a Yemenite or, or a Samaritan, uh, Beta Israel, we all have different seats of judges or court systems that we rely on to keep us in line with the Torah, based upon, again, our geographical location, our ethnicity, all these things come to play when we decide on our rulings in the community. It's very important, very important that we understand that because the Ashkenazim do something different than the, the uh, Sephardim. Uh, and, and, and one of the case in points is how they pronounce the words. And even we, you know, one won't say a T, you know, the Ashkenazim don't say a T. They say S, where the Fasafadim, you know, they, they say the T. Then you have the, the, the vow and the wow. And so all these come from different communities of, you know, where you are. So we have to understand that when we build in, we, while, while we're building our community, we, you know, based upon the Torah itself and the Mishnah, we use Rambam's Mishnah Torah and, and uh, the Shulchan Aruch to do a lot of studies, to make sure we get a good, we stay with the Torah, basically. We stay, what we want to do is make sure we, we are within the 
guidelines of the Torah so we don't break the commandments. That's what we do, right? But again, it's like uh, each generation, we have to make sure we do that. But, but again, things of modesty, things of keeping, the, especially in keeping the Sabbath. Do you understand the Sabbath? There's more time put into the Sabbath and more commandments built based upon the Sabbath than any other day of the year. That Sabbath day, 39 Holocaust that you can't do, or you, you know, all these kinds of things and not going too far from your home. All this is based upon this, what we're talking about, keeping the Sabbath day holy because it is above every other day. And so we spend much time dealing with the Sabbath. When you have a meal, uh, thinking about work. On Friday, we're supposed to prepare our meal so that we don't have to cook on the Sabbath. But Brother Jerry said, well, let's go out to dinner. That's fine. Because what? You're not working. And you know the Gentiles are already preparing food, so you can just go and get a meal that's already done. And you can enjoy the meal as a family. But remember this, after you've eaten and are full, you're going to bless the Lord, right? After you've had that good meal, listen to what I'm saying. After you've had, I didn't say before the meal, I said, now, you, we usually pray before the meal, right? But don't forget after the meal. After you are full, after you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord. And even over in Israel, um, they have those shops of, of, of people who are, are, are non-believers, and they open because everything shuts down in Israel on Friday at 6 at dusk, and they open back on Saturday, right. which I happened to get there at that day, and everything was closed. Yeah. And so... They, they still, they'll still patronize them, but they don't do anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's why I said we're not where we're not in Israel. So we have some certain leniencies, you know, we can get away with in the land. It's a little different. Um, but they still different. over Israel, they, they still have those shops that open in different yeah. things yeah. and they, they'll go to them, but they don't open their own shops. Like you right. said. Yeah. The Arabs will have shops, the Egyptians, the other nations will have shops that are open. But those that follow jewelry that are Jews or Israelites, they're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. They're not, not going to open up. Yeah. Right. So, and most of the time they won't even go out to dinner. They're going to have their meal because it's a family day. And, and, you know, it's about family. The Torah is about building families and communities. That's what the Torah is about, right? How we live together as a people and a community. And this Sabbath day thing is a very powerful thing because uh, it, it, without having a synagogue, if you don't have a synagogue to go to, your, your Sabbath day is at your home with your family, mm -hmm. you see? And, and so uh, it's so important that Sabbath day. Now, I, I want to put this point across too, because people say, you know, you, you find a lot of people in the Jewish community that, that want to make sure they live close enough to the, the, to the synagogue that they can, they can walk to it. That's not really necessary. If you, when you study the Torah, when you study the, the laws of Torah, it says, you know, um, if you go by the Talmud, the city that you live in, you're not supposed to go so many feet out of the city. Houston is a large city, which means you have a lot of territory. You can drive around Houston without being outside the bounds of the city, you see. So you have to be, be aware of that. And, and, you know, of course, we, we want to be close. That's why we have churches on every corner, by the way. You know, you know we have churches on every corner, right? And in some places you have synagogues within a quarter mile of each other because people generally want to live close to where they worship. You know, um, you know, and I prefer to live close to where I worship, you know, because it makes it convenient for me to get there 
you know, I can get up and roll up and, and be on time. I don't have to worry about it. But again, there are a lot of things that we have in there that, you know, like carrying outside of your house and all these things pertain to us. The Sabbath day, we could spend a lot of time on it, but we hit it a little bit here and there so that we don't have to spend, you know, our whole time on it. So when it talks about going from house to house, you know, carrying things out of your house, you know, it's all about work. It's all about working and, and, and disrupting the peaceful day that you should be having in resting and enjoying yourself with your friends and with your family without being under the burden of, of somebody looking at you and, and saying you're doing something wrong. We're not the Sabbath police. We're not Sabbath police, mm -hmm. right? So if you're having a good time, if, if it means going to a movie, if you want to go to a movie on the Sabbath day, I mean, you know, think about it. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to go play a game of golf? And basically to sum it up, don't make it harder than what it is. That's don't it. make it harder. It's about your heart. It's about recognizing the Sabbath day. Um, and then it's about spending time with your family and teaching your yeah. children. Yeah. And reading your tour. It's not yeah. that hard. Right. And I know when we come on here, people say, well, what is this all about? How, how do I do this? I don't understand. It's not that hard. It's reading the tour, your first five books of the Bible, is, is going by those contract agreement, which is the Ten Commandments, which you want to keep that Sabbath day holy. And we want to recognize our festival days. You want to be with your family. You want to teach them. That, yeah. that, that's all we need to do at this time. Yeah. In this land that we're in, yes, you know. Keep, keep it as, you know, keep it light, mm -hmm. right? You're in a Gentile land. Um, and uh, again, we're not the Sabbath police, but we do want you to enjoy your Sabbath. If you, can, if you have to work, then you have to work, right? If you have, you know, there's things that we have to be lean. Again, that's why we have our court system, our own personal court system, because we understand our community and what people are going through, what they need to do in order to live in this society right right and so you have to um, have yeah. if anybody else have any questions we're going to sum it up um our our parish all does anyone else have any questions for rabbi offshalom we thank you for the wonderful teaching any other questions we thank everybody uh for tuning in rabbi did you want to do a summary of our parish before uh, we go into our prayer uh just quickly just just um, just a minute, because I want you to remember this. This is a, one of the a very good parashah because it tells you about organization, right? Jethro and Mo, and Moses, humble enough to take the take direction from someone else, taking wise counsel. If you want to succeed, be willing to receive wise counsel. Build your organization about, uh, around good people that have like-minded people, I'll put it that way, around like-minded people that are going the same way you're going. Mm -hmm. And then set up the laws or the governing of how you're gonna conduct your business. I think they call that incorporation, right? When you incorporate your business, you have sections in the corporation where you have your bylaws and things of that nature. Uh -huh. That's how you're going to set up, set up your organization and operate as one unit, one unified people. That's what this Torah portion, that's a part of what, that's only a part of what this parish is about. You see, organization, 
taking good counsel, and then obeying the rules that are laid down, that are laid out in that corporation, all right? Respecting your elders. That, that, and that's it for this. That's all I want to say about this, this parish show. Amen. Uh, thank you for delivering the word, Rabbi. I know I learned a lot. Even I was taking some notes in that there was 613 commandments in the Torah and that uh, 248 are positive and 365 are things that you do not need to do. And so you can read through them. You can study it uh, for yourself. And I was amazed that in Matthew 19, 19, it didn't have the first commandment, which is what? Love the Lord with all your heart. That, that was left out. So you can go read that Matthew 19 and 19. So there's a, a lot of little tricks of, of the devil that's going on as we can see a spirit of manipulation, but we're smarter than that. Even though we over here in this Egypt, we're smarter than that, right? Mm -hmm. We And I call it the okie doke. We're not gonna fall for the okie doke anymore. We're moving forward. We thank everybody for tuning in. We're gonna go ahead and have a, a code of Lisa go ahead and do our closing prayer, please. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. We thank you for this day. We thank you that you saw fit to allow us to even be a part of this day. We thank you for the safe passage to and from uh, for a cult um, Esther. Thank you for that. We pray uh, healing. We ask for healing um, for her daughter-in-law. Um, and strength for her son to take care of both of them. Uh, thank you for allowing us to be a part of the teaching today okay. and allowing us to ask questions so that we can learn and understand and implement and take part in what your word tells us to do. Uh, we desire to do that so much that we may walk honorably before you. None is perfect. None, uh, all have sinned to come short of the, your glory, but still we desire to do what you command for us to do. We desire to keep the feast days. They are so precious to us. We desire to be the people that you've called us to be. Thank you for each person that's here today. Uh, increase their home, increase their lives, increase their businesses, increase their health, increase their understanding, all of us. May we all uh, be under the grace and mercy of Hashem today and honor him as he is to be honored uh, as our father. Thank you for allowing us to call you father and our savior, our redeemer, our all. This we ask in Yeshua's precious and holy name we pray, amen. Thank you for that beautiful prayer in Yahshua name, amen. amen. And Rabbi also touched on when you make a, a promise to the Lord or to his people, See it out, because even in the Bible says you'd rather put a yoke around your neck and throw yourself in the water than to lie to him, right? And even though I had just got off the plane, I was tired, you know, this gives me fresh fuel. Even though I was sick with, with COVID a couple of weeks ago, that, that, that went ahead and kicked that mucus out of me. When you praising God and he's using you, can't nothing bad set up in you because he's using you. That means he's what? He's coming in you. He's taking over. So you pushing all of that out, whether it's negativity, whether it's sickness, whether it's hate, whether it's anger. So whatever God is using you to do, just do it. Whether it's cleaning something he told you to clean, the synagogue or whatever it is, it's important. We, we, we're all here together. 
And so I think that's important too. Whatever promises you promised the Lord and that you said you'll do, you do it. And if you can't, then you need to repent about it and get back on board because that's, he's going to keep you. He's going to make a way out of no way. When you're going in a path he wants you to go and you're doing what you're supposed to, he's he going to take care of you. He's going to take care of his children. That's how it goes. We are his children. We thank you for tuning in. We ask that you share the episode. Uh, send me your email address. I'll be more than glad to send uh, you the, uh, the Zoom link that you can come on and join us. Ask us questions. Uh, we love you and we look forward to seeing you next Saturday. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Shalom. 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 Ooh. Thank you. Shalom.